Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, how are you, man? I'm alive. How yeah. you doing? You know, I'm good. Usually the day after the Super Bowl, the football is like officially, officially over. There's a little bit of melancholy in there for me, but we got a lot coming up, man. We got Cat Grizz 2 in Bozeman later on this month. Then you got the Big Sky Tournament in Boise. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff coming up down the line, not to mention March Madness. So I actually feel very good. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a happy man. <laughs> Colter, you and I went to uh, the games Saturday, Dahlberg Arena, the yep. uh, Lady Grizz were ahead by 14 in the third quarter, scored three points, all from the free throw line, went 0 of 15 from the floor in the fourth quarter, the University of Montana women's team did, and ended up uh, losing the game in overtime to Montana State, 66-61. The Montana Grizzly men, they pretty much went stem to stern with this one. I mean, Harold Frey was rolling early. In fact, he rolled through this whole game. I mean, he was absolutely uh, outstanding. 37 points, six rebounds, and completely carrying Montana State through long stretches of this game, uh, especially with guys in foul trouble for Montana State, really for both teams, but for Montana State in particular, I thought it impacted them. But this was uh, uh, clearly the better team on this night was the Montana Grizzlies in all kinds of ways. Contributions all over the place. Saeed Pritchett goes 24-5-5. and Kendall Manuel, Timmy Falls, Kyle Owens, all double-digit scores. Jared Samuelson did not play very much in this game. He started it and then went straight to the bench, so I think it was a little bit of a show, you know, to have him out there for a minute. To he try also and, picked up three fouls in three minutes. Yep, and had and again, like a lot, a lot of guys did, but then he didn't really come back either. So, anyway, point being... As a team, the Grizzlies were outstanding. Ten made three-pointers in the first half of this game for the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, they were they were, they were were dominant in this basketball game. The Bobcats were plucky. They fought back. They got it down to six points in the second half, later in the latter stag- stages of the second half. But then Montana, just too much. Saeed Pridget down low, uh, went to work and really extended this thing back out. And the Grizzlies end up winning by 14, 78, 64, and uh, ending their two-game skid. This It was a... Um, I don't know, man. It was an interesting deal because I thought that so much of what Montana State has used as their advantage this year, and, and don't get me wrong, Montana State's just just a middle of the league team at this exact moment. Their record, like like Dave Sprinkle said after the game, your record are is what you, it says you are, and they're five and five in league play, dead set in the middle. They're yep. in the middle of the standings. They're in the middle. I mean, they're five hundred. That's what it is. But the few things that they've been using to get by. I thought Montana really turned on their head right away, and and one of the for in a sweet irony for the Grizzlies and a cool and a cruel irony for the Bobcats, the 
Grizzlies gave the Bobcats a taste of their own medicine in terms of what the Bobcats have done to the Grizzlies the last three years, and that is that you let the powerful big guy bull his way in, you flop on the floor, you get some offensive fouls, the big guy goes to the bench. Sam Newman did it to Jamar Coe three years in a row. Yeah. It got to the point where it was so like it was so obvious that Travis DeCure actually said something about it and was like, this is not defense. My guy weighs 260. Their guy's 6'4", 210. You know, we got to let somebody play here. If Jamarco breathes on him, Sam Newman can't just fall over and ruin Jamarco's cat careers. We even talked to Jamar about it, and he was like, man, this is so frustrating when I just catch the ball and drop step, and all of a sudden I'm on the bench in two minutes. Well, they did that to Jabril Bello. He was out of the game within five minutes, less than five minutes, I think. I think he checked out the 15-29 mark, and that removed one of the advantages for Montana State because the other thing is Montana has had the size advantage in this rivalry mostly because of a co but also Fabian Krizlovic and a couple other guys for most of the, the all of Travis Secure's tenure to be certain the size advantage that Montana State entered the game with was flipped on its head right away because of the foul trouble that both Jabril Bello and Devin Kirby suffered the other thing is Montana State runs so much of the high pick and roll stuff to start their offense and that's because Harold Frey He's such a great ball handler, but he's not that fast, so you have to give him some help to, to get the thing going. As soon as the refs started calling that high pick-and-roll screen as a foul, I mean, they called it on both sides, and it, it made so that Jared Samson, Jabril Bello, and Devin Kirby were all sitting on the bench. I hate when that stuff happens, mm-hmm. but but it wasn't as if it was lopsided on one side or there. They called right. it on both sides. Yeah. So I do give the officials, officials credit for that. But... At the end of the day, I mean, Harold Frey was cooking early. He hit four of his first five threes. He shot 13 free throws in the first half, made 12 of them. He had 26 points at halftime, and he ended up with a career-high 37 points. 7 of 14 from beyond the arc. And it didn't matter. No. Montana State was ahead from stem to stern. Mm-hmm. And there was moments in this game where it was fun and entertaining, but I I just I don't love watching and covering games where – despite what happens in the 40 minutes of action, that the result is never in doubt. And even with, in, in the women's game, even with the Lady Grizz building a 14-point lead with two minutes to go in the third quarter, in the back of my mind, not even the back of my mind, in the front of my mind, and this is a, an absolute referendum on the state of the Lady Grizz right now, I thought there was no doubt that Montana State was going to win that game. I never thought for a second that the Lady Grizz were going to win it. I thought that they would figure out how to blow it. And just like when Harold Frey was cooking, I thought, man, this guy might score 50 and they're still going to lose. Because that's just the state of the rivalry right now. And I think that it's it's something that needs to be remedied. I mean, there were 7,040 people at the game on Saturday night. Great crowd. Yeah. But that's the one you got to sell out. And and people would say, okay, it, you know, you're less than 300 away from a sellout. Okay. But it's you're still 300 away from a sellout. It, it, it wasn't the crazy electricity of even just like the last matchup in Missoula when Tyler Hall was playing in Missoula for the last time and Michael Ogine and Rory playing their last catcher is. It's taken the, the rivalry in terms of the the fanfare around it has taken a slight step back, and it's because the Grizz have won eighteen out of nineteen times. The, the even when it's sort of competitive, the end result is not different, and I think that that hurts the interest surrounding the whole thing, even if it's just a marginal impact. Yeah, I mean, look, I said that I would not be shocked if Montana State went ahead and won this basketball game. It wasn't long into the game, though. Right. It was very clear that that wasn't going to happen. Right. So I didn't have that feeling going into it. Right. But but relatively early on in this game, especially I mean when Montana is shooting like that, I mean forget it. You know what I mean? And Montana shooting like that, but also I mean I don't want to sound like I'm really ripping the cats, but th- there was when when Bello went out and and Devin Kirby's obviously clearly not healthy. He battled with a little bit of foul trouble, but he also is clearly not full strength yet. But with without those two guys on the court, the only guy that really belonged on the court that looked like he fit against the Montana guys was Harold Frey. The other yeah. guys just looked like deer in the headlights. Then there was really nothing going on. They played good defense, but there was no flow offensively. You're, you're right. And the other thing, too, and Jabril Bello had four personal fouls in 13 minutes of play. I mean, that is... Yeah, I mean, again, he, he was out at the 15-29 mark of the first half, and yeah. he was... I, I just remember this because I remember taking definitive notes. He was out 17-40 mark of the second half, so he was out within less than three I mean, minutes of the second half. Montana State's just not going to win a ton of games when that's the case. And by the way, four of their five starters all ended up with four personal fouls in this game. So, you know, at some point, 
you're playing a little bit tentative to trying to trying to back off a little bit because this game was officiated very tight and that's just the way it goes but Montana was the better team in this thing and there's just no question about it I don't know that that though is explanatory as to why there wasn't maybe as it wasn't at its peak fervor that it has been especially when you talk about it being in Missoula I mean the team that has been dominating this rivalry you should think you would think that the fans would be excited to then watch that because they're rooting for that team by and large. Right. And you're right. This this game it was it was a great environment. It's an exciting environment. It was not to the level that we have seen it before, though, in Washington Grizzly Stadium in terms of just the energy. And, and I do think though part of that was the game itself. Like the game itself wasn't really in doubt. There were a couple of great moments. Harold Frey put on a show. I watched Harold Frey with joy throughout 40 minutes of basketball. And by the way, several Grizzlies, Grizzlies as well. I mean, if, if you appreciate all the facets of basketball, watching Saeed Pridget do what he does, catching the ball inside and dishing it out, finding the open guy, splash. That's great. That's great to watch. But it certainly wasn't momentum shifting stuff where you go, okay, well, what's going to happen here? Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Bunch of sound for you. Let's get to it. Tutel Nuan is 1029 ESPN Radio. Here's Travis DeCure. This is opening comment with a question uh, right off the start of the press conference. You know, we we challenge ourselves to play harder um, than our opponent as hard as we possibly could. And if we focused on that and sharing the ball, we'd probably be fine tonight. And I think we did both of those things probably as well as we've done them all year. Did you feel like coming out of the last two games there was a little more of an edge for your group coming into this game yeah more sense of a desperation uh it's a quick turnaround so there's not a lot of time uh you know to get that taste out of your mouth so maybe the quick turnaround was actually beneficial for us um but i I think the biggest thing for us really is just getting back to defending the way the Grizz defend in the last few games we've just been giving up way too many easy shots high percentage shots and tonight i thought we did a good job of, of taking so there you go, uh, Travis Secure, kind of given the idea, and especially defensively, uh, Montana did turn it around from what they had done the last couple of games. They give up 64 points, over half of those to one guy, Harold Frey, who was uh, absolutely carrying this Montana State team. But uh, in this game, 38% from the field uh, were the uh, Montana State Bobcats. They were actually better from beyond the arc than they were from two, 42% from beyond the arc. But 38%, you'll take that every time uh, as, a, as a team uh, defensive statistic. And, uh, and that's good for the Grizzlies. Travis Secure's young guys was asked about his young guys and their first time playing in this game. That's what he had to say. Phenomenal. Um, I, I, I think for most freshmen, this is a tough game to play in. Um, you know, I, I haven't been involved in too many games that have more energy than this. Um, and, and maybe it helped with the quick turnaround. You don't have that whole week of buildup. But these guys have played in big games, you know, and in Southern California. Those guys play against high-level players. And I, I think that, you know, that's been a huge advantage for them as freshmen. 
Uh, Derek Carter Hollinger, 34 minutes in the, or 32 minutes in this game, excuse me, only seven points. He was the one guy. He was three of four, but he just wasn't a huge presence. But Kyle Owens, probably his best game as a Grizz. I know, Coulter, you've been waiting to see Kyle Owens yeah. show you what it looks like he should be when you talk right. about the frame and the size, the athleticism in this. He had a very good game, Kyle Owens. 25 minutes, had 14 points, was four of six from the field, five of eight from the free throw line. He was getting fouled and going to the line. And and just in the main, did did play his best game. First of all, I think Derek Carter Hollinger is the unsung hero of this Grizz team because when you have a headliner freshman class like this, it's way easier to get those guys to come to a mid major school like Montana together under the pro- the promise and the premise that they are going to be the stars right away. And these guys, all three of these guys, Josh Vasquez, Kyle Owens, and Derek Carter Hollinger, they. They were promised that that will be their destiny someday, but not this year. But they were still have all been thrust into starting roles at times. But to to toe the line between being a star, a starter, and a role player, and to be able to, to be able to buy in and be a starter and role player simultaneously and do the dirty work, Derek Car- Car- Hollinger is is just he's doing that exceptionally well. He's mm-hmm. such an outstanding. I can't believe his instincts in terms of rebounding and shot blocking for a young guy. I mean, he, he's an exceptional rebounder and shot blocker, especially for being, you know, quote unquote, only six, five, he plays, he plays about six inches bigger than that because he's got such great hops. He's got such great anticipation. He's got great length, but I, I think that he has been his ability to step out and knock down the three every once in a while to play. I mean, there's no, they can't play lineups that include Saeed Pridget being as versatile as he is without Derek Carter Hollinger. Derek Carter Hollinger makes it so that you can play Jared Samson at the five on offense but then Jared Samson doesn't have to guard the five on defense. He makes it so you can play Jared Samson and Mac Anderson and him at the same time along with Syed Pridgett. That's a lineup that's given a ton of people problems. He can, Derek Carter Holger can rotate all over the place. His versatility has been very key. Kyle Owens, you could tell to me, first of all, he mentioned after the game how he loves playing in big games. This is what he had to say about this particular game. I think it's probably the most fun game I've ever played in. I mean, just the arena, the whole atmosphere, everybody cheering, loud gym. I think that's best place to be in now, great just, voice just great radio voice there is no chance no chance he's a freshman i mean it's not possible well, there's also no chance that he's not just like ludicrous reincarnated I mean, he is looks him, just like ludicrous listen to him i play, mean play it again this play, is, this listen is to his voice anybody that knows the rapper ludicrous listen to this voice he sounds just like him <laughs> i think it's probably the most fun game i've ever played in i mean just the arena the whole atmosphere everybody cheering loud gym i think that's best place to be in Hey, and you got to give, give it to him, though. I mean, for for whatever we compare this to, having been to, you know, Cat Grizz games for decades. Right. If you're a freshman, you're coming from somewhere, you you know, you played high school basketball, and all of a sudden you're playing in, in what is a packed gym, 7,000 people, student section filled up. It's exciting, man, and it, and it gets you pumped up. And he showed up. In fact, all, all three of them, again, J- Josh Vasquez as well, had, had a very nice game in terms of what he was asked to do. And so, uh, you know, good for Kyle Owens. And 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 we saw Derek Carter Hollinger have his breakout game, when and he has really been a proven now commodity over the last couple of weeks. Maybe this is that sort of thing for Kyle Owens where he starts to get the, the feeling of being – into Division One men's basketball. And I also thought uh, Kyle Owens does a great job in terms of grasping Montana's defensive concepts. I think that's what's helped him earn minutes early on. Uh, he, Because of the way that they're constructed, he gets more open shots than maybe anybody on the team. He's had a hard time knocking down those shots early on. He didn't in this game. I also thought that if you've ever watched Kyle Owens play, I mean, if you watch him practice, the shots he practices, the things that are like his kind of sweet spots. Yeah. You could tell that he wasn't high up on the scouting report in this game, but credit to the kid. I mean, his bread and butter is that little turn face, step back, 17 to 19 footer from the baseline. We, we watch him shoot it, warming up all day. I mean, that's his shot. They let him have it. And so I don't know if that's a flaw in Montana State's scout, but here nor there, the kid knocked down the shots. He did. But I think that what you saw in this game more than anything was even with the departure of so many talented seniors from Montana and even with a completely new look roster and a new head coach and Danny Sprinkle at Montana state, the gap between Montana and Montana state just in terms of pure talent is significant. It's significant. Yeah. Montana state, Montana state doesn't really even have 
With, with with the big guys on the bench with Falcho, Montana State does not even have someone like Kyle Owens to support Harold Frey. And Kyle Owens is like seventh or eighth on the Grizz roster right now in terms of being able to step up and score. Right. They don't have anybody else to really turn to. And I think that that's where you saw it. I mean, I thought in the first half, the whole game plan was to shut down Saeed Pridget. Travis Secure went with Josh Vasquez off the bench and played Saeed Pridget basically at the, at the one early on. Well, what does Pridget do? He drives in the middle of that zone that Montana State has had good success with against everybody else in the league. They collapse, open shooter. Montana State's daring. I mean, Montana State basically dared Josh Vasquez, Kyle Owens, and um, Ty Pridgett to shoot open threes. Yes. Because all three of those guys had combined, I think, to make 11 threes total in over 100 attempts in league play from three. Josh Vasquez goes two of two. Kyle Owens knocks down one. He had one where he had his foot on the line. It probably would have been a three if he would have just been an inch back. And Ty Pridgett goes two of two. So you got the three guys who you wanted to shoot the shots knocking down four three-pointers in the first half. And then, oh, by the way, when you do find the closeout on those guys, one more to the corner, Kendall Manuel, four of four. And now all of a sudden the Grizz are 10 of 14 from three, 54 points in the first half. They're off and running. So I thought the Cats had a good game plan, but they, the Grizz just have too many guys. They just uh, they overcame it because every single dude on the Grizz team stepped up and knocked down shots. A big moment in this game that maybe uh, would have gone a little bit under the radar, but Saeed Pridgett late in this game picked up his 1,485th career point as a Grizzly, good enough for 10th all-time, passing Will Cherry uh, on that uh, all-time list. Here's what Saeed had to say when asked, what did that mean to him? It means a lot, honestly, because Will was one of the reasons why I came here as well. Not only Coach DeCure, but Will, Will inspired me a lot because I watched him growing up as a kid, so it means a lot to me. Will Cherry from the Bay, from Oakland. Saeed Pridget as well. So a guy who, you know, the precedent from a place means something to kids who grow up in those same areas and know these guys before they're, you know, college players and all of that. And so Saeed Pridget, congratulations. I mean, talk about, I mean, he passed Will Cherry. He's been a starter for a year and a half. Yeah. And I realize he played a bunch of minutes as a sophomore, and, and I, I get all that, and he led the team ultimately last year. But that's that's impressive, man, when you talk about the all-time list to, to be in the top 10 now for Saeed Pridget. Uh, congratulations to him. The Grizz scoring list is very fascinating to look at to me, all-time career scoring, because Larry Kostowiak, Michael Ray Richardson, um, and Derek Pope and Kevin Criswell, like the top four guys, those guys all got a chance to be focal points for – multiple years. Everybody else, and this is a great testament to the, the depth and the, the multiple great players Montana's had throughout the years. Everybody else has always had to play alongside one other guy. Yeah. How many points could Ahmad Rory Michael Ogine scored if they wouldn't have played with each right, other? I mean, they're both in the top 10 playing the exact same games for their entire careers. Right. Yeah. And how many points could Will Terry have scored if he didn't play with Kareem Jamar? How sure. many, and vice versa. But then Saeed Pridget is with a group of guys too. It's just, it's interesting that you have so many guys that are in the 14, 1500 point club, which is a, a prestigious club and a lot of points without ever actually getting to be the focal point. I want to circle back around to the side Pridget thing, but I do want to share some of this from Harold Frey. I got to, I got to say this. I I said it before on the show, but I can't tell you how impressed I am with Harold Frey to move across the globe from Norway yeah. and make no mistake. He's a, a senior now. So Bozeman is as much his home as, as Norway is. I'm sure he's probably going to go back because why wouldn't you? I mean, so it seems like it's the greatest life in the world to, to be a Norwegian. But especially it, if you, it is, I can tell you. Especially if you can be a professional athlete in Norway. I mean, I don't know what would be better than that. But Harold Frey handles the limelight as well as any kid that we've had the pleasure of covering. Absolutely. He's speaking his second language, and he's doing a press conference in front of 15-plus reporters after a hard loss all by himself, and he couldn't be more gracious. Mm-hmm. It's it's unbelievable. Imagine trying to go up in front of 15 people and speak Spanish after you just got whipped on the road at your rival's house. I mean, it's it's hard to even fathom, and the kid's maturity and graciousness throughout his career has been outstanding. It certainly has been. He was asked uh, just about you know the environment of this and what it's like to play in Cat Grizz game is what he said. To me, it's the funnest game of the year. Um, you want to play in games that matters, um, but no, you know, it's a special environment uh, here in Missoula and in Bozeman. And um, yeah, uh, we got to learn from it. We got a bunch of guys who, you know, were new to that environment. Um, nothing's like this rivalry. Um, you got to give them credit. They came out um, really hot too. They made shots um, and we couldn't quite weather the storm like we wanted to. Um, but yeah, it was an exciting environment. 
Danny Sprinkle, also his opening comments on the game in general, what he saw. I thought from the jump, uh, credit to them, I thought they played terrific, uh, especially in the first half. They, uh, I mean, they made 10 threes in the first half, and I think they had two that their foot was on the line. They almost had 12. And, uh, you know, they, they came out ready to play. They, uh, I told our guys, you know, even before the game, there's a difference between playing hard and competing. There's a big difference between playing hard and competing. And I thought they competed. And uh, I thought we were kind of stuck in mud the first, you know, the first half. We just, we seemed to step slow. Uh, other than Harold, I felt like it wasn't even a step slow. It was almost two steps slow. And, uh, you know, credit to them, their pace and uh, their energy, you know, really got to us. It did. And again, Montana was the better team. I also think that this game didn't go, it didn't play. Every game takes on a character of its own as, 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 it, as it goes through. And this was a tightly cold game. And the fouls impacted Montana State to a greater detriment than it did to Montana. And give Montana credit, they're deeper. So that that's why they're able to withstand that more when it happens, but also the style of play. And so you think, you know, next time, February 22nd, this game gets played in Bozeman. Will the outcome be any different? I know what you think, but but the way this game will go and the way Montana State will go about, you know, uh, I think trying to deal with Montana certainly will change. And I'll be interested to see what adjustments are made at that time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue talking. We want to talk about Montana State and who, after Harold Frey, needs to be the guy to help this team because it still just can't be one guy. And also, we got some more sound for you uh, from Harold Frey, from uh, uh, head coach uh, Danny Sprinkle as well. I also want to talk about the the clout that Saeed Pridget has that no one else that's played for Travis DeKear has ever mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get get to as much of this as we can. Also, we got to give away some tickets. The Grizzlies are hosting Eastern Washington. Now, this is a game. I mean, this is a game you got to get out to. I can't this, wait this for is This is what game. I'm talking about with the rivalry, though, is that the Cat Grizz name is always going to bring hype. Absolutely. But we're at this state in the big sky where I am significantly more excited to watch Montana host Eastern Washington on Thursday night than I was to watch them host the Even Cats. after blowing them out by 30 or whatever. But that's what I want to see is the yeah. response because right. Eastern Washington has been unbeatable since that's right. then. That's right. And, and, they, and I, think that's the other, I think that's the other point we're talking about, too, is in this league, with the travel schedule and the fact that there's no dominant team, a wake-up call might be the best thing ever happened to you. Montana's wake-up call might have come in Portland on Thursday night. Eastern Washington certainly did. Against at, least, the at least in the gap yes. between the last time they played the Grizz. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Before we get into this conversation about the midway point, because I do think it's a good one, and I do think we actually have a full sample size now because every team has played every team, so we know sort of where we're at who's good, who's in the middle, who's towards the bottom. But I want to talk to you about one other thing. Side Pridget, when Montana State cut the lead to 66-60, and there was, about, I think, about seven minutes and change remaining in the game, Montana then went to their dude, and they they isolated Side Pridget in the post. They threw him the ball. He was being guarded by Borja Fernandez, who's a true freshman from Spain who I actually thought played really well. He did play well. He played above his head, certainly. Mm-hmm. And he was the one guy who was really helping Harold Frey. And they had to have him because he's in the game because everybody else is sitting on the bench right. with fouls. And you know, he, he did his best to guard Saeed Pridget. No one in this league is really going to guard Saeed Pridget one-on-one in the post, especially no. in the half court, no. and especially not a freshman. But he, he did an admirable job, at least mm-hmm. trying. But Pridget got three straight buckets. And it turned the lead back into 12, and Montana State didn't, or excuse me, Montana just hovered at a 10 to 12 point lead for the rest of the game. But you asked Saeed about that. I said, did you feel like you needed to take over in that moment? 
And he said, well, in the first half, they were running the zone and they were trapping me. So I really wanted to get in the middle of the zone and be the facilitator. I wanted to be the guy running the whole thing. And then when they switched out of the zone, then I knew I could just go get mine on the block. Yep. And Travis DeCure followed that up by saying, yeah, that's kind of what he said to me, but more <laughs> like Saeed like, told him, this is exactly what's going to happen, coach. I think that th- I was thinking about this dynamic after the game and then all throughout yesterday as well. We both know Travis. We both deal with him a lot. He's a very demanding person. He's demanding to every person in his life. Yep. It doesn't matter what your role is. If you have the most minuscule role in his life, he demands the best of you. And I appreciate that. I mean, he's the type of guy where, you know, if we talk about or write about things that he's not, that he doesn't like, he will, he'll call you. He'll bring you in the office. Yep. He'll talk about it. I respect that a lot about him. Eh? He's a no-nonsense type of guy. But... One thing, one thing that I've I've learned with Coach DeCure yeah. is that he he will always stand up for himself and his players, but he also respects you if you stand up for yourself as well. And I'm not saying that everybody that has ever played for him folded to him, but Travis has Coach DeCure has been the the he's the authority in almost every relationship he's had with any player, even guys that are are alpha dogs like Ahmad Rory and Michael Ogine. I think Syed Pritchett has a completely different state of being with Travis DeCure. Mm-hmm. I really think that Saeed can go at Travis sometimes, and he can also say, here's what's going to happen. Let me do this. Let me take control. And Travis loves it. Someone asked Travis about leadership on Friday going to the Kakariz game, said something about, like, you know, you don't have all these guys that have played so many minutes and, and so many times in this game. Where do you turn? And Travis said, well, it's, it's no no question. I got Saeed Pridget. That's all I need is Saeed Pridget. And I think that the evolution of Saeed as a leader has been absolutely the most pleasant surprise of this entire season. Mm. We both loved him as a player, and we both think he's a great kid too. But I didn't know if he was going to be able to come become like the alpha dog of the league, and he is. He absolutely is. Well, and, and also, I mean, being a leader isn't just – barking at your teammates telling them what totally. to do. He's been an encouraging, helping, adamant teammate to guys, especially on a, a young group, a bunch of freshmen on this team, to bring them along. And I, 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 I'm with you. I really admire him for that. And I also think, too, Travis DeCura, we've talked about the type of guy that he is very often, especially in within the context of basketball. I mean, look, man, we're just hanging out you know, in the hallways of this studio stuff, it's a blast, man. It's fun and it's funny and it's light and it's all that stuff. But I don't think he gets enough credit, frankly, or maybe hasn't been highlighted enough of the very aspect that you're talking about, which is a lot of coaches, it feels like, who want to be the domineering hardline force, want to be that and that only all the time. And there is no give to their take. But for Travis DeCure, he is that. He is the alpha dog. He is the tip of the spear of the whole program and everything else. And there is no question about that. But also, he is humble enough that if you have a leg to stand on, he will hear you out and even acquiesce to his coaches and to the right players in the right situations. And that's to his credit because nobody is can just always get it right. You know, nobody can always be the guy who gets it right. That's why you have to have people around you in any really scenario that you trust, but also that you'll listen to, you know, because uh, that's that's just the nature of us as fallible humans or whatever, however you want to cash it out. But I, and I credit him for that. And to, and, and Saeed Pridget certainly has earned that. And, and also to your point expresses that, like he's not just able to do it. He does do it. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that the, the hierarchy of leadership on this team and the role that he represents for this Montana Grizzlies squad, it's, it's different and better for lack of a better word than any, anyone else that they've had. And I'm not saying that Saeed Pridget is a better individual leader than guys from the past, but the way that this roster is constructed, combined with his specific personality, I just I really think he's the perfect leader for the team. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to have missteps. I mean, the the, the lack of, of fire at Portland State was... I mean, that's on everybody clear. in the program. Yeah, I mean, it was right. clear. But... You also, I mean, there's a massive distraction on the horizon in that game. We'll see. It's going to be fascinating to see how they navigate the second half of this year. But I think that this last this last six weeks, certainly, but the last two weeks, Pritchett has turned a major corner 
in terms of recognizing the here and now and the sense of urgency that's required. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's reached the point now where he's even above Ahmad Rory level in terms of looking at the bench and be like, coach, don't even think about it. Yeah. Like, I'm not coming out. Yeah. I think he played 39 minutes and 40 seconds on Travis Travis Saturday. Said, wait, did you come out of the game? And he said, he goes, I took you out. He goes, yeah. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. Apologize (laughs) to him. I mean, tongue in cheek at the press conference. I mean, he went, Masai went wire to wire. We were saying, and I think he might have got wire to wire at Portland State, but he went wire to wire in an overtime game. And so, I mean, I think that that's the the state that they've reached now because they realize he. He, he can do everything, and I think that's the point, the part that makes him so essential because he can do everything tangibly and intangibly. You, that's you what can makes argue him such a about player. best player and different things like that. There is no question, head and shoulders, the most versatile player in the Big Sky Conference is Saeed Pritchett, and it's not close. Oh, it's not, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, the guy can play the one and the five. All the way through, yeah, everywhere. Uh, let's get to a little bit of sound here quickly, Coulter. Danny Sprinkle, head coach of the Montana State Bobcats, was asked if he felt like this was maybe a litmus test to go against the Grizzlies and see where his team is at at this point. No doubt. No doubt. And I told him that exact same thing in, in the locker room. Like, you got to get your tail kicked. You, it's not always easy. Like, it, there's going to be days like this. And I told him, I said, I, I hope this hurts like heck until midnight. Once midnight, you got you to shower. You got you to let this rinse off. And we got to get better tomorrow. We got to get better Monday. You know, tonight wasn't the championship. You know, it was not the championship, but we saw what you have to do to play at a championship level. And that's something we have to work for and work towards, and that's what we got to practice towards. Uh, that's important, especially at the end. you got to practice towards it as well. Like, you get the, the way you get there is on the days you're not actually playing basketball. Harold Frey also was asked where he feels like the Montana State Bobcats are at now 5-5 five and five at the halfway mark. Halfway point of the Big Sky season, so where, how would you evaluate where you guys are at? What do you hope to get better at between now and Boise? Um, yeah, first of all, I, you know, I think we're, you know, we're still young. We're still learning. I don't think we're a finished product at all, um, and I think this is a great learning experience, especially for the younger guys. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, what are we, the closest league uh, in the nation now? Um, so it's all, it all comes down to detail. Um, and not even only in the games, but, you know, we got to get everyone to understand that the details in your everyday life counts as well. You know, getting shots up, getting game shots up, um, watching film, getting rehab. And then when the game comes, you know, being mentally locked in on the scouting report and what the coaches want. I mean, again, it just doesn't get better than Harold Frey in terms of everything you'd ever want. I mean, did Danny Sprinkle in the presser said, I wish he had 10 more years of eligibility. So... I don't know if I don't know if that's what Harold wants, but that's what he would want for sure. Uh, you also, I thought, asked a very good question going back to uh, Travis DeCure uh, about his team and using this as a springboard. Friday, you talked about making success carry over or understanding what it is that gives you guys success. How do you parlay what you saw tonight, this effort, into the second half? Of- Another tough Monday practice. Um you know, I, I think we just need to continue to remind ourselves how hard we need to work uh, to continue to be successful, whether that's game by game or not. And I think sometimes when you, you know, when you're on the top of the standings and you're young, you have a hard time uh, not looking into the future. And and so I, for us, we just we got to continue to take it one day at a time, whether it's practice or a game. It's true. I mean, the consistency of effort in everything that you do is probably the thing that makes the most difference and is the hardest to come by because that's not really natural. you got to learn how to do that. That's part of what being a leader is. That's what Harold Frey was talking about and everything you do. Go in and get your shots up. Get your rehab. You know, a lot of guys go to practice every day, work hard in practice, but aren't preparing to be able to practice well because they're not treating their bodies well or getting the rehab they need or you know staying up too late or whatever it might be so that they can do the things that they need to do. It's not even a matter of, well, we didn't practice hard enough today. You weren't able to because the 20 hours before practice, you didn't prepare to practice well. You know, and I mean, that's that's something that is not, I mean, it takes tremendous discipline for college kids to go in and do that stuff day in and day out and make that choice day in and day out that this is what they're going to do. Uh, and yet if you do it, I mean, those those are what the best teams have, and the, and the leaders to show how to do that. The the guys who who are already doing that, where the younger guys go, okay, this is what this is about. This is what we're gonna do, uh, and uh, and that stuff that stuff carries on. Uh, well, all th- from from class to class, it's the lineage, the foundations that can be laid. Sutel Nuanas, one or two ninety ESPN Radio. All right, the Grizzlies get the win. They are now eight and three. They are hosting Eastern Washington Thursday. 
Huge game after the Grizzlies dominated Eastern Washington in Cheney the second, the first time around. This second and final game against the Eagles is uh, set to be a great one as Eastern Washington still outstanding. 90-63, by the way, the score of the first one. What is Eastern Washington right now, Coulter? Are they 7-3, and three, something like that? They're right there. Uh, Eastern Washington is 7-2. Seven 7-2. And two. Seven and two. They've had one less league game. So they, are, they have won five in a row since that uh, loss, including a three-point win over Idaho, overtime wins over Southern Utah and Northern Colorado, and a win at Sac State this yeah. last Saturday. So they are they are rolling right now, and you know that Shante Leggins and the rest of that crew is licking their chops about. This is not a team that's going, oh, no, we got to go play the Grizzlies. They gave us a hiding the first time around. No. They're going, get me to Missoula as fast as I can get to Missoula. Let's go play ball. I mean, that that's what their mentality is going to be, and I can't wait. It's going to be a fun game on Thursday. <laughs> I mean, there's, I'm always bemoaning the youth of America. Yes, you are. But the, the number one throwback guy in the league is Kim Aiken. Yeah. And you know Kim Aiken <laughs> is angry. Yeah. He is pissed that yeah. they got whipped in Cheney last time. And you know he's been thinking about it ever since. And he's going to come in here. Who knows what happens? I mean, if there was ever a Detroit Pistons bad boys type enforcer, it's Kim Aiken. Everybody's better keep their head on a swivel at Talberg Arena on Thursday night because Kim Aiken is going to be ready to roll on, you- uh, on Thursday. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. A big-time comeback on Saturday forced overtime after having been down by 14 in the third quarter. Get into the uh, fifth period, as it were. Outscored the Lady Grizz 15-10 to 10 in the overtime and won 66-61. Montana State now 9-1 and one in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, and they are a game uh, and a half ahead of uh, Idaho for first place in the Big Sky. The Montana Lady Grizz, they fall to 6-5. and five. They are tied for fourth right now in the Big Sky Conference after a uh, very, very disappointing finish to this basketball game and Coulter I thought that you know initially in this game I thought Montana State had like I think 12 or like 14 offensive rebounds in the first quarter of this game and yet we're still losing and they could not find the range anywhere at any time in this basketball game in the first half of it and then uh, you know ended up being down uh, at halftime by about seven or something like that six or seven Lady Grizz came out won the third quarter we're up Hand, uh, like a dozen, 11, 11 going okay, fourth, yeah. going into the fourth and 14 and one point, 11 going into the fourth. And in the fourth quarter, they go 0 of 15, score three points, all from the free throw line. And Montana State is able to, who didn't shoot the ball particularly well in their own right for the first portion of that fourth quarter, is able to scrape together 14 points and force the thing to overtime. And I must say, I give Maddie Schoening a lot of credit because in the overtime, she came out, played really, really well, got some buckets for the Lady Grizz. They scored three points in 10 minutes in the fourth quarter and then 10 points in five minutes in the overtime. But it wasn't enough because they gave up 15 to Montana State. For Montana State, it was all about one, well, two players, but Fallon Fridgey centrally who scored the game tying bucket and then the game 
leading bucket in the overtime and really propelled Montana State. 27 points, 14 rebounds for Fallon Friggie in this basketball game. She played 41 minutes and also true freshman. Darian White was a, a pretty good Robin to Fallon Friggie's Batman. Uh, she played thir- She played 42 minutes, had 13 points, but was just tenacious and very poised for a young player. For the Lady Grizz, uh, it was, uh, uh, um, you know, obviously a very disappointing game in general. Mackenzie Johnston led the Lady Grizz with 20. She had a very nice night, played very hard like she always does. Maddie Shoney, as we mentioned, at 10. After that, Nobody could score a bucket for the Lady Grizz. I mean, Emma Stockholm, 3 of 13. Abby Anderson, 1 of 9. Sophia Stiles, 0 of 5. Now, Sophia Stiles somehow, someway pulled down 10 rebounds, so give her credit. What do you mean somehow, someway? There's 93 missed shots yeah, in this I game. Mean, Everybody had 10 rebounds. No, she's the only Lady Grizz who had double-digit rebounds, uh, by the way, uh, as a guard. But missed shot after shot after shot, and some of the shots were contested, and some of the shots were just straight misses. I mean, there were some looks that were just not going. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. Shot after shot after shot. A little pre- premature there because I was really going to give it to him here, but uh, thank you, Burn Street. The... Yeah, where do you begin? I, I often feel like we are... Um... Nah, I'm not even going to go down that road. Good choice. Look at you. The... This was one of the ugliest games I've ever covered. There's 93 combined. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. There you go. There's 93 combined missed shots yeah. in this game. Since Shannon Swain took over as the head coach of the Lady Grizz, they have struggled mightily against Montana State, and that is a far cry from what was the rivalry before then. Mm-hmm. Montana State victories in Dahlberg Arena were... were historic until now they're commonplace. That in itself is, I think, a cause for huge concern. But the one time Montana has beat Montana State with Shannon Schwain at the helm, they employed uh, a 2-3 zone defense, and Montana State just could not make a shot, and they got blown out. They lost by 30. I think that what happened on Saturday, is it was, uh, on one hand, a huge red flag, for the problems that continue to ail this Lady Grizz team, especially from a mental perspective, I think that this team's issues when it's not going well are 100% between the years because I think that from a player perspective, I think they have great talent. I think that they're not that far behind Montana State in talent. They they were up 14. They got stops. By the way, I thought the defense they employed, which we talked about quite a bit, was a very unique and effective defense that the Lady Grizz played. But when it started to get tight, and it was 14, and then it was 11 going in the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden it's nine, and now it's six, and you're calling a timeout, and you could you could feel the tension. Missing shots isn't just about sometimes the shots don't fall exactly. when it's all in the fourth quarter. It's about going out there, and there was no... Uh, not just expectation, but f- but but freedom. I mean, it, it felt so tight and wor- worried. They were playing in fear of missing shots rather than going out and going, okay, this is where we get it done. And they had done that the previous game against Portland State. Gave up a 14-point lead or whatever it was to end up down one in the fourth quarter and then came back and turned it around and actually won that game by six or eight points. This time... It's not, not going to happen when it's Montana State because Montana State's a very good team. I mean, the defensive strategy was very gimmicky. Uh, you know, we asked Mackenzie Johnson and Emma Stockholm about it, and they both giggled. So I, I said, what was the the basic defensive strategy? Because I truly couldn't tell if you guys were playing man or zone, and they were both kind of like, hey, you know, that's the point. But I don't know how sustainable that is because, I mean, Mackenzie Johnson said, our strategy was to let Montana State shooters shoot, and then as soon as they made one, We'll close out on them. But otherwise, we're just going to dare them to shoot themselves out of the game. Well, Montana State missed 18 of their first 19 shots from beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. But they were st- the difference here, though, is that Montana State, Montana did this very same thing in terms of making shooters shoot them out of the game in Missoula a couple years back when the Lady Grizz won their only matchup out of the last eight in this series. This time, it's the biggest difference in Montana State. That's the biggest difference in this in this Trisha Binford team is this team is winning with defensive rebounding, not by shooting. And so the fact that they could stay in it, if you compare the first 10 minutes of regulation to the last 10 minutes of regulation, I think it shows you everything you need to know about what ails the Lady Grizz right now. Montana was loose 
having fun, getting up and down, running, gunning, scoring, playing great defense, playing together, high-fiving. It's beautiful. It's beautiful basketball. And then and on, on the Montana State side, it was not beautiful basketball. And then from the second quarter through the end of the game, it was ugly on both sides. But in the fourth quarter, there was no semblance of similarity between the first quarter. There was no flow. There was no running and gunning. There was no confidence. There was no having fun. There was no defensive execution. There was no. There was nothing. It all went away. And there was no player to take over to say, hey, we could do this for the Lady Grizz, which there was for Montana State. Fallon Friggy is the player for the Lady right. Cats. If things aren't going great, give me the ball and let me go to work. Whereas the Lady Grizz, they have, they do have really good, there's some really talented players, but I don't know if there is the player where you go, if we're in a pinch and we absolutely got to get one, this is what we're going, or this is what we're doing. We're calling her number and clearing out. And this is what I'm talking about as far as just the mental element of this whole thing. Montana straight up stopped doing what got them the 14-point lead. They just didn't do it anymore at all in any fashion. Fallon Friggy had to work her butt off to even get a touch the first three quarters of the game. The fourth quarter, when he when she took over to help them tie the game, and then in, in overtime, it was the exact opposite of having to work. They gave her her bread and butter over and over and over again. That the disconnect there is is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Bell and Frizzy, we asked her we, the, the shot she hit to tie the game at the end of regulation. The the catch turn face, one dribble to the right, shoot the 15-foot pull up from the jumper. It's not going to be jump, jumper. It's not going to be missed. She, she said somebody asked her about that shot. She said, "I can't tell you how many times, guys, that I have practiced that shot. That is my bread and butter. It's yeah. my number one shot." We talked to Julian Asibi, the assistant coach for Montana after the yep. game. And he was saying, dude, she shoots 85% on that shot in practice. If we could get that shot, that's the shot we want. We'll take that shot 80 times a game if that's the shot they're going to give us. And yeah. she, I mean, she hit that shot six times in the last yeah. seven minutes of this game. I just don't know how you let that happen. How do you let the best player on the best team in the league get her favorite shot? Not once, not twice, seven different times. I mean, she scored 14 of her 27 points in the last six and a half minutes of this game. Great performance by Fallon Friggy, but you have to do something to not let the best player on the other team beat you, especially when you have the best team in the league beat on your home court. Yeah. Uh, it's 2 Tell Nuwanis, 1029 ESPN Radio. Hour one in the books. Lots of basketball. Tis the nature of a Cat Grizz weekend. There's also a football game yesterday. I'm going to talk about this extensively. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 